asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today, we're asking the question, is college for dummies? Did you ever purchase one of those books, uh, whatever, for dummies, like uh, coding for dummies, driving for dummies, <laughs> no, dating for dummies, that, that would have been you in high school, right? I probably could have used it back in the day. Uh, Mom, I'm going to swing by the books a million and pick up girls for dummies. <laughs> uh, no, this is, we are going to talk about college during this episode, and with... With fall basically right around the corner, we felt that this was a good time for us to revisit the topic of college and specifically if it's going to make a lot of sense for folks. Yeah. And I think there might be some folks who are listening and they're thinking, you know, thanks a lot, guys, but I'm a recent college grad or I'm a young professional. The fact is, I guarantee you know more high schoolers than we do. <laughs> uh, and so I think this is worth listening to because you can help guide them through this critical time in their in their lives or at least send them the link to this episode. Right. <laughs> well, in the very least, there's just a lot of interesting information. I feel like a lot has changed when it comes to the value proposition that college offers. And it's just not as much of a slam dunk as it used to be uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So we're going to kind of get into that in this episode. And we're going to kind of yeah. help you ask some questions, whether you're a parent or a high school student or a someone parent, who knows yeah. one of those people uh, about like maybe how to navigate the process of thinking through the, the value that higher education offers or doesn't offer for you. Yeah. And if you're a parent, you also might be thinking, well, my kids are too young. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we are. Kids are pretty young. But fact is, this is something you should start thinking through now because I don't think you get to a point to where you say, okay, it is now time for higher education. Like higher ed educating your kid is a process. Like yeah. that is what you are living. It's not an event. It's not a period in, in time when you're now all at once going to make the, the right decision. It's not a singular event, I guess is what I'm saying. And so uh, I think there are steps that we can take now to start guiding our kids uh, as they are learning things, as we are sh shaping them to become adults. Yeah, and it, it starts to help inform those conversations about, like, literally the other day, uh, my nine-year-old said, Dad, are you saving money for my college? And so it, it 
prompted this opportunity to say like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm saving some, but exactly. it's not a, it's not a high priority for me. I've got these other things that are a bigger priority and college is kind of expensive. But the cool thing is there are other ways to pay for it if you want to go. And by the way, it might not even be the best move. We'll see kind of as we get closer to that time. And that's and, kind of the conversation yeah. we're going to be having with you, dear listener. Right. During today's exactly. episode. Yeah. Uh, before we get into it, man, uh, we you and I, we got to share a beer with the listener yesterday. He uh, His parents live here locally. He lives out west. Uh, but he was in town, hit us up, and we're like, you know what? We actually are free to grab a beer. And it just reminded me of how great our job is. Yeah. And I mean, who else basically gets to sit around, read the things they're interested in all day, talk about it, and record their thoughts into a microphone, all while doing it with your best bud. We truly do have, I think, the best job in the world. Yeah. And we would not be able to have this job, this profession, if it wasn't for all of you listeners out there. So. Yeah, and connecting with those listeners, whether it's some sort of listener event that we get to do, or you know, when we meet them randomly in public, or when somebody reaches out like, like Andy did, where we get to have a beer, just kind of one-on-one and chat, uh, that was... Man, that's so much fun. That's yeah, one of the best parts is kind of awesome. the, the community or even if it just the, just the emails, the Facebook group, like the different ways that All you're able to yeah. engage with <laughs> the folks that are part of the community is I mean, it's a huge part of the joy I derive from doing this. Yeah, so. it ranks up there for me as well. But it certainly I think the social interactions rank higher for you than, yeah. <laughs> than they do for me. But that doesn't mean I'm any less thankful. Uh, and it makes me think just how we wouldn't have this show. Uh, without all the listeners out there. Literally, you listening to this podcast is what helps to pay our bills. So a huge thank you for that. It it also helps us to pay for the craft beer that you and I get to enjoy (laughs) on most of the episodes. We, we, We don't drink every episode, if you're wondering. Our Friday flights are a bit shorter, and so we avoid cracking open a cold one then. But every Monday, every Wednesday, we're drinking a craft beer. And today we're enjoying a fooder beer by Southern Brewing. Uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. And if you don't know what fooder is, that's a funky kind of word. We'll talk about that at the end, too. Um, but Matt, let's let's get on to it. Let's, uh, let's tackle this question, is college for dummies? College we, for dummies. We talked a lot about the middle class last week, which was, I, I thought, a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, going to college has kind of been the bedrock, right, of creating this modern American middle class class that we've had for the past decades. But I guess the question is, is is college, is it still the predominant path forward to being in the middle class in the future? That is something that we want to tackle. That is Uh, the question. Yeah, because it makes me think about the, the reality that for the longest time, Matt, most parents had basically no problem with their kids playing football right uh, it was an organized Ooh. sport that allowed kids kids to develop their athletic prowess to develop friendships to become more disciplined builds teamwork yeah mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's all of the things mostly a good thing even some kids uh get scholarships to go to the colleges of their choice that's right there's kids a who lot are, there's a lot of benefits particularly good at football then yeah could go to a, a big school and get their college completely yeah. paid for but but here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. The value proposition of uh, your kid playing football has changed quite a bit in recent years, right? As we've learned more about CTE, which I didn't know what it stood for, but it stands for Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're saying it. Not <laughs> well, it, CTE. The, the more we know about CTE now, yeah. the more it's called into question whether or not it makes sense for your kid to participate in, let's say, a Pop Warner Football League, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've seen something like a, a 35% fewer kids playing the sport now than played 10 to 15 years ago it's it's just a, there's a dramatic change in perception and understandably so and and we think that actually higher education and, and recent things happening in that space has revealed some striking similarities where where you're going to want to think twice before you send your kid out on the football field at the you know young age of 10 11 12 you might want to think twice if you are a, a high school student or a parent of a high school student before you just uh, without thinking send your kid to you know their local public university or to some sort of private school that's out of state that's right yeah you know and we're, we're certainly not encouraging a widespread revolt against higher education, but it's understandable that folks want to know if the value proposition is still there when it comes to getting a degree, right? Is college actually still worth it? Uh, it's, it's clearly not the slam dunk path that it used to be, thanks to a variety of reasons that we're going to talk about today. The first one has been well documented and is most definitely the number one reason to reconsider taking that path. Student loans. 
they are at insane levels right now. Oh, is there a problem? And uh, uh, are student loans a problem for people? They're, oh yeah, dude. Uh, and they're now equal to more than 1.7 trillion dollars overall. Uh, that debt it's spread across 45 million folks, and there are quite a few among that number who feel that burden more acutely. You know, it's a it's it feels like a like a millstone around their neck, right? Preventing them from from all sorts of formerly normal young adult activities uh, like just simply being able to invest, but even getting married, starting a family, buying a home, because they already have a mortgage payment. Uh, that is their student loan right. that they're paying off still. Yeah, uh, 81% of adults with student loans say that they've delayed some of these life milestones because of their debt. So it's having a, a real tangible impact on what our lives look like today. Yeah, and even in the past 10, 12, 15 years, like we've seen kind of the amount, the average amount of debt that a normal student comes out of school with just skyrocket, which can and should change your perspective on whether or not it makes sense to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. So yeah, student loans are obviously one of the number one problems, one of the number one reasons to reconsider college and, and to ask the question if it's if it's a dumb move or not. Well, Another one is is just yeah the higher cost of college in general because we've been talking about inflation quite a bit and you know prices at the grocery store have gone up quite a bit in the past uh, twelve to eighteen months you know used cars new cars all that stuff those things have taken off um, like a rocket in terms of price in in just the past couple of years but when you actually zoom out uh, there's certain segments of our economy where inflation has been impacting us severely for not just the past couple of years, but for the past couple of decades. Uh, and so, yeah, the college, the soaring cost of college takes the cake, even beating out right the awful increases that we've seen even in our healthcare system. Mm. Um, and there are just so many reasons for that. But uh, easy access to those student loans that are widely available from the federal government is at least a part of that reason. Uh, and being able to easily borrow more and more money, it means that colleges can hire more administrators. They can uh, build nicer buildings. They can inflate their costs more than they would otherwise be able to if there wasn't easy money for teenagers to get in order to go uh, get that higher education, right? It's, it's not that those additional dollars are significantly increasing the quality of the education either. We'll talk about that later. They're, they're not. And plus, you can't shake these student loans. You can't, uh, w when you pay more for college and you take on more debt to get that degree, that debt sticks with you through thick and thin. Uh, even if you file for bankruptcy, it's like this financial tar that sticks to you for, for basically the rest of your life. You can't shake them. That's definitely uh, a hindrance to higher education or college specifically making sense. But false assumptions are another problem in the space. Uh, the popular mantra has consistently been that if you just go to college, if you just go there, you get a degree, it's going to lead to a higher paying job. It's like this assumption that one plus one equals two, right? Yeah. It's uh, like it's like this is a guaranteed fact. Right. All you have to, it doesn't matter how hard you work or what you just as long as you just go get that degree, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, that that used to be like overwhelmingly true, and and it was a part of the American dream. But a college degree back in the '70s and the '80s, it looks quite a bit different than getting one today, right, in 2022 on multiple levels. Given the absurd increase in costs for the average high school graduate and the now more faulty promise of high-paying jobs upon graduation, a rethink of that widely held belief is in order. Uh, the stats from Pew Research show that something like four in 10 graduates between the ages of 22 and 27 are underemployed, uh, where they're actually making less than the degree would suggest that they should be making. And so folks are not making the kind of salaries that they're expecting. Uh, and younger college graduates also, understandably, <laughs> they tend to ascribe less value to their college degree than older college graduates. And we believe that's because a degree, it's less valuable today and it's less reliable than it used to be. Yeah. When you, when you see that, that five-year span after college, that something like 40% of people are not getting the value that they hoped or that their parents got from that degree, it's of course, it's going to shine more of a dark shadow on that false assumption, right? That most people held, which was mm -hmm. going through college equals uh, middle class equals higher paying job and equals the house with the garage, right. two cars in the driveway, exactly. yada, yada. So I 100% believe this. I do also, there's a part of me that also thinks, okay, there's also a good chance that folks are just young, <laughs> right? And like when you're younger, I think oftentimes you don't give enough credit to the things outside of your control that might lead to your success. And so I think there's, especially in your 20s, you yeah. think, okay, the reason that I got this job or the reason 
that I got that promotion is due to my ingenuity. Well, where did you learn that ingenuity? (laughs) And I think a lot of times when you're younger, sometimes you cannot attribute some of your success to something like undergrad. Because I know that's legit how I felt as a graduate, as a, you know, somebody in my 20s. I remember thinking, did I really need to go to college to have the job that I I currently have now? Whereas now, as I'm a little bit older, I'm thinking, you know... I think I could probably give a little more credit to the like the softer skills that I learned while in college. Yeah, I'll no, say that. I think that's a good point. And I think, yeah, those first few years are typically, hopefully, <laughs> your lowest earning years, too, out of college. So, And hopefully you only get wiser from that point. And, and hopefully your <laughs> paychecks only get fatter, right? <laughs> yes. But another downside, and we'll talk about you know, the, the good, good things about college, too, in a second. But another, another problem with higher education right now is that there's more college competition, right? More... Yeah. It, it, it's a trend that's starting to change, actually, but more and more young folks have been pursuing higher education yeah, yeah. because they've been told that it's the best bet for success um, for their future. But for the first time, almost 40% of, of individuals over the age of 25 have a college degree. That's up from 30% in 2011. Um, and, and like I said, like the pandemic, it's actually kind of curbed the rise in college participation. And we'll see how long that trend lasts. Is that just like a blip or is that something that's going to be uh, a shift that's going to you know go into through the rest of this decade. But overall, we've been seeing more young people opting for a university education over the past 20 years. And and that's also just has this other impact of watering down maybe your ability to stand out from the crowd based on having a college degree. And, and so that now much more expensive degree becomes even less impressive in a world where more of your peers also have them. That's right. Your smarts are now, they, they've been diluted, essentially, yes. <laughs> amongst all the smarts that less, are now out there. Less concentrated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, while, while these problems, they're still real, right? While maybe your college degree costs more and it's not worth quite as much and those student loans can be quite a burden, uh, there, there are still perks for going to college. Let's talk about the flip side, Matt, and, and offer some thoughts on how to decipher the value of a potential college degree in the future. We'll get to our thoughts on that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. 
Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, we are back and you know, we've covered some worthwhile information about the declining value that college degrees are providing folks now. But let's talk about some of the data on how much a college education will actually enhance your earning prospects. The BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, shows that the average college graduate will earn a million dollars more over their lifetime than their high school graduate equivalent. So fact is, uh, <laughs> that's what the stats show. There is data to back that up. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's the rate at which things are going to be going moving forward, but that is what the past, that is what history has shown and what it's proven. Also, folks with a college degree, they're 20% more likely to own a home and a massive amount of the new jobs that are being created today are, are going to college educated folks. And reflecting that, the unemployment rate, it's lower for people who have a college education. Basically, if, if we enter into a recession, individuals with a college education, they're going to be impacted less severely. Uh, so you've got more money, you've got more security and more opportunity. Uh, all of these things sound like a lot of positives uh, on the pro-college side of the column. Sure, yeah. And again, like we're kind of nuanced dudes. Uh, we're not like hot take shock jock uh, style podcast hosts. And so the reality is that college does pay off for a bunch of people, right? Or at um, least it has in the past. And it has in the past. But this episode is still titled College is for Dummies. <laughs> or is college? No, we're asking the question. That's true. Yeah, ask the question. Yeah. And, right. and for, for a lot of people, it's not a dumb move. Um, and that needs to be said. And we will kind of talk about how you can determine that in just a bit. But a, a decent chunk of college graduates will reap the rewards that you're talking about, Matt, after just four years, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so they will find that path still uh, to the middle class through a higher education. But we are concerned about a growing number of folks who opt to pursue a degree uh, who aren't going to benefit from it in the same way. Oh, yeah. that's, and that's the worst. Exactly. And stat, <laughs> stats from Pew, you know, we're, we're referencing Pew a lot last week and this week. But we, we've been diving into the research, man. <laughs> we have. We've got to back it with data. And, and, and these stats uh, that, that Pew found show that only 62% of folks who start their college education end up with a degree after six years. Mm. So we always talk about like a four-year education, but the reality is for a whole lot of folks, it's more like a six-plus-year education or a uh, never-ending and never I never actually got my completed. degree <laughs> yeah. sort of education, right? So um, a lot of folks just don't end up getting a degree at all, which actually puts people in the worst possible position, uh, loaded down with debt without any real ability to earn more money based on the time that they've spent in class learning. So it's crucial to consider the opportunity cost that lies ahead of you if you decide to go to college, because instead of spending tens or, or even hundreds of thousands of dollars on an education, please don't, <laughs> right, that may or may not pan out. Um, what what if you invested that money instead, or instead of dedicating four or six years of your, your prime uh, years grinding it out on campus? What if you threw yourself directly into an industry that you're curious about in order to learn to see if that field's for you? Basically, what we're trying to warn people against is the blind pursuit of academia without considering the alternatives because by not doing so, by not thinking through that value proposition, by not being wary of the opportunity costs that many will pay in order to get that college degree, um, it, it could lead you to a lot more debt than you like to than you'd like to be in and, and potentially wasted years that you could have been doing something more exciting or that you're more energized by. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not just a proposition where you are considering the numbers or the finances, but it's something where literally this is your time. This is years of your life that you might be 
hopefully not fretting away, yeah. <laughs> studying something that you're not even interested in. Well, and usually those college years aren't, hopefully they're not wasted. Hopefully they're, hopefully they're fun. They're it's part of building a network. I mean, college sure. offers more yep. things than just some sort of like uh, degree that you're handed at the end of it. Like exactly. it's not the only thing you're going it's all for. those additional soft skills, networking people mm-hmm. you get to meet, basically learning how to live life. Mm-hmm. But hopefully that's also something that you can do fairly cheaply somewhere else where you're <laughs> yeah. not paying thousands and tens of thousands or like you said, even hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn that lesson. Uh, and so this is definitely worth bringing that up because it's not just the money. It's also the time. Opportunity cost affects both of those arenas. Uh, and it's also important to keep in mind that not all degrees are created equal. And so we want you to essentially to be choosy <laughs> and to exercise some discretion here uh, because one think tank, they found that more than a quarter of degrees in fields like psychology, religion, art, and music, they leave the majority of students worse off than if they had never enrolled in the Ooh. first place. They actually have a negative return on investment. So we would suggest thinking about how you can pursue a degree that offers maybe a wider variety of, of high-paying job opportunities. Right, like uh, that engineering degree is going to be vastly superior mm-hmm. to the art degree, and I hate it for all the creatives out there, but it's just, that's the, it's the truth. That's the facts. Yeah, yeah. So we would recommend for you to check out the Department of Education's College Scorecard website site. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Uh, But you can check fields of study and particular colleges to see how that specific degree stacks up against others. There's very few things that we buy in life without doing a cost benefit analysis. You know, like even, I mean, think about all the things where you can compare, like even just like buying a Roomba, which I did recently, <laughs> like, like you can click on the website, you can compare. It's like, oh, what features does this one offer that this one doesn't? Mm-hmm. Uh, but oftentimes we don't do that when it comes to college. We and just, you can be like, wait, the $300 Roomba, like I, I like those features, but it, it, the $180 one just makes more sense for what I want. And you know what? I'm going to wait for it to go on sale for 149 yeah. I went for the $250 one. So it's got that smart mapping uh, <laughs> going on. But a lot of times uh, we don't even consider college, even to that extent. We just throw ourselves into an alma mater or a school that you've always dreamed about going to. And I'm not saying that that's not something you should consider, uh, but it is worth looking at what that degree is going to be able to earn you once you graduate. You know, we've just become so desensitized to the price of higher education, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas we're, we're not, we're highly sensitive to the price of everything else in our lives. And so it's not that there aren't additional factors that we need to weigh and consider, but <laughs> price needs to be more at the forefront of the decision than it typically is for a lot of individuals and families. And yeah, a lot large contributing factor to that negative ROI that you mentioned, Matt, uh, that some degrees offer is is the reality that, like we said, uh, fewer folks are finishing the college degrees that they start. Yep. It's like, I think it's like stress and debt levels. They often like convince people to abandon the pursuit of that degree before they finish. And, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons we're starting to see undergrad enrollment dropping, especially for young men. And like uh, I hinted to earlier, uh, the quality of education isn't actually getting better for for the with the more money that we're paying, and in in some cases it's it's getting worse. Uh, there was a recent article in in the journal, and it talked about how a lot of colleges are starting to use mass-produced content in the form of online classes and programs that that they offer to students. And this isn't relegated to for-profit colleges or your local community college. Like great schools like Vanderbilt, uh, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, the University of Oregon, they they have begun to rely on third-party companies to deliver some of the courses and certificate programs that they offer to their students. So uh, a lot of people have been disappointed in the quality of education that they're getting. In some cases, is because that university is outsourcing the education to third-party companies that aren't doing a great job, even though you're still paying name brand prices. Uh, so yeah, you, you might still get the the degree or the certificate with the, the respected school of your choice's name on it, but chances are you might be less impressed with what you've learned with the actual coursework and kind of with how prepared you feel going into the job market at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's kind of a crappy way for things to go, right? Because what that means is it's that's an entire workforce that's out there working, they're in their profession, and they're not really, maybe they're not doing a great job yeah. <laughs> because they were hired because of a certain uh, university, uh, a certain degree that they earned, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to bring innovative ideas to whatever field or to whatever industry that they're working in, which also means that w- we as the public aren't going to see the benefit that's right. of their creativity and what we're talking uh, about in our own lives. That's credentialism, right? You're paying yeah. for some sort of credential. You're paying 
out the wazoo in some cases for some sort of credential instead of an actual education that's going to make you better. That's going to challenge you. That's going to sharpen you into basically give you better ideas. That's good. Not give you better ideas, but give you the ability to create better ideas mm -hmm. is what I'm saying here. And another thing to keep in mind is that the price you pay for something, uh, that is a large determinant of whether or not it was a good purchase. You know, like getting something valuable that you'll use every day, uh, but not paying a cent for it. Maybe because your neighbor was giving it away. Uh, that's like the best case scenario, right? I'm talking about curb alerts here, uh, but they're not really giving away high quality college educations uh, that often these days. In most instances, though, we have to weigh trade-offs. And so the number one determining factor of whether or not a, a college degree is worth it is how much it is going to cost you if you get an underwater basket weaving degree, but it didn't cost you a dime. All right, you know, like more power to you. Costs you a little bit of time, but hey, <laughs> at least you learn a skill. No debt that's hanging around your neck for that worthless degree. Yeah, yeah, but but if you racked up one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in student loans plus interest for that useless degree, well, it's gonna haunt you probably for the rest of your life. And so, scrounging for scholarships, scrounging like scoring grants, that is going to be key if you want to make sure that your your college de degree is going to be worth it. You can check out sites like bold.org. That's a new one, but FastWeb they've been around forever college board these are all just a, a few sites where you can search for some of the different scholarships that are out there essentially we want you looking for scholarships to become basically a full-time job because effectively it is <laughs> yeah yeah and you want someone else hopefully paying for a decent chunk of that education instead of it uh, coming out of your pocket or you taking it in the form of debt for and paying it off for years to come. Mm -hmm. And if you do want to go to college, we would highly suggest Ron Lieber's book. We had Ron on the podcast, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, his book was The Price You Pay for College. And it's just this invaluable resource. Spend the 13, 15 bucks, whatever it costs. Uh, Even less now because it came just out came out in paperback, paper, right? right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Saw that. laughs> so yeah, you can get it or, and you can get it used on eBay, I'm sure too. Um, or but, your library. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Exactly. But finding ways to lower the cost will increase the value of that degree, right? And so uh, one, one site that we talked about when we had Ron on the show, Matt, was tuitionfit.org. And that's a great way to kind of compare your financial aid letters, uh, the offers that you're receiving from different colleges to other people, what they're getting with like similar backgrounds and GPAs and uh, at the same college. So, so that can help you be a more informed shopper when it comes to deciding where to go to school and kind of what degree to get. But what if the cost is still just too high? What if you don't qualify for enough scholarships? And what if you don't get much financial aid or merit aid from the school that you want to go to? Well, maybe it makes sense to avoid college altogether. We'll talk about alternative paths. And then we're going to offer you some questions that you should ask yourself that will help you determine whether or not college still makes sense for you. We'll, we'll talk about that, how you can make a wise decision right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit UpswellMarketing.com. That's UpswellMarketing.com. 
I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Cachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right we are back and this is the third and final section of this episode and we're asking the question is college for dummies and hopefully you don't find yourself on the dummy side of the chart that you're creating within your mind here. And Joel, what, what you're hinting, you were kind of talking about some of the alternatives to college. And what we're going to talk about now is blue collar work. And we'll start by saying it certainly isn't going to be for everybody, but it is just a fact that some folks who go to college would be far better served by leaving high school and, and instead working within a trade. Uh, we talked about the value of blue collar work and, and how to make a great living without going to college back in episode 277 with Ken Rusk. Check that one out. But as we were talking to Ken, he was telling us how some plumbers in Atlanta can make something like $90,000. And this is a couple of years ago, so yeah. I'm sure that's up to $100,000 now coming straight out of school. Uh, the demand for these skilled trades has just completely outpaced the supply. But, you know, with the decline of, in particular, shop class in high schools, there are just fewer young folks who are given the opportunity to develop those skills in order to see that it would be a better route for them to take. Yeah, That's something that I I would love to see brought back to a a lot of different high schools that are out there. For sure, man. So one one of my friends is a science teacher at a local high school, and he has basically like uh, Delta donated a, a plane to their school that the kids can kind of like work on and tinker with. And so he has a whole class for uh, some like, is it like a, in the playground, like there's a playground, and then to the side of it, there's yes. a, there's an airplane. Yes, yes, and you can I, choose I, I, what, what you want to play on. I'm sure it's not like the entire airplane. I haven't actually seen it in person. I'm it makes sure me think of like pieces, the, but... like the airplane graveyards out in like Utah or, or uh-huh. Arizona, where they just like sit there out in the desert. I just pictured that, but next to a school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to get him to send me some pictures. But but it's what he's told me kind of about how much these kids are able to learn in this class is they're um, kind of learning some airplane mechanic skills and. He told me that these kids, upon graduation, are going to be able to instantly, without going to college, earn more money than he makes as a teacher, which wow. is incredible. Um, and, and, and he went to a four-year... I went to school right. with this particular teacher. Uh, <laughs> and so I remember seeing him in college. That's and right. I know that that cost him some money. Yes, exactly. And But some of his students, because they are learning a skill in high school, they're going to be able to uh, turn that skill into a money-making venture immediately. Yeah. And so some of those Super some of those cool. kids would be would be silly um, if they're so inclined to pursue this line of work. They'd be silly to think about going to college um, because they've got a marketable skill immediately at the age of 17 or 18. Yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's not a failure oftentimes on the student's part, but on the school's part. Sure. If a school is not offering a variety of options, and if they are basically just trying to 
shuttle all of their students down the college path. I think that's an example of, of not being able to serve it's kids a, as individuals. It's also a societal failure where we have yeah. created a line of messaging that says one plus one equals two that says homeownership is the American dream or college is the American dream. And it's like, Sure, for some people, it can be a great avenue, but um, we need to rethink both of those things, and in college in particular, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that being said, if, even if you do opt to go the blue-collar route, you might still need a degree, you know, depending on what specific route you want to go. Uh, two-year degrees in fields like construction management or agricultural studies are actually in really high demand these days. Uh, those degrees are often far less expensive, and they contribute directly to the ability to land a specific job or to help you to be able to, to start your own business. What I love about these degrees is that they're just so dang practical. Mm -hmm. uh, I, You know, like the problem is oftentimes is that high school students, high school graduates, they don't necessarily know what they want to do at that point, And then they go off to college, sometimes paying lots and lots of money for a liberal arts education when I, I feel oftentimes that should be the job of high school, right? Mm -hmm. Like it should be while they're getting an education for like 99% of folks that is absolutely free within the bounds of high school uh, where you're not having to pay tens of thousands of dollars. And then once you are able to graduate, sure, if you then want to go to college and get a degree in a specific field or you want to go to a tech school or you want to get whatever it is that you want to pursue, you can then pursue that degree or that field or that profession with just this laser like focus. Mm -hmm. That's when it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's just uh, sometimes people go to college and they're undecided on their major for the first three years of it. Right. Yeah. And they're waffling back and forth. And so they're paying good money taking classes exactly. when they don't really know what they want to do with their life. And so that we'll talk about something else in a little bit. I, I think a gap year is potentially best for Dude, people. Like that. Totally the solution for that. For sure. Well, sticking to blue collar work though for a second, Matt, one, one of the other things, like I think some people think that blue collar or doing work as a skilled tradesperson means that you're just trading time for money every day for the rest of your working life. But we would say that's not true either. Like you can you can totally become a blue collar entrepreneur, which can allow you to make uh, even more money by building a business, by hiring other people. And you know what's more motivating than getting tired of doing manual labor by yourself as you get older, than to kind of start a business around it, hire other people, and and become kind of the master of your own domain uh, mm -hmm. in in terms of building a business. So I, it doesn't have to be I make seventy dollars an hour as a plumber or an electrician or an HVAC technician. It can truly be, I've got this business where other people work for me. I mentor them and uh, they, they are going out and doing most of the work, but I am now a business owner and that's my main function. Because um, my knees are bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> my back hurts and I don't want to be the one out there in the field anymore. Or just because maybe I loved it now and I find something else I love yeah. about the process of being able to like, I mean, maybe doing the work still occasionally, but now building a business is kind of more enthralling, like more, more fun to think about. Totally. Yeah. But again, you know, blue collar, collar work, it's not for everybody. You don't see us out there digging ditches or welding or, or fixing furnaces. That's not for everyone. But I, do, I do change my own air filters, though. So there's that. <laughs> Which you should do. How often do you do it, by the way? I don't know, like every three months. Do, do you really? Uh, if yeah. you do it every three months, then you're like the guy that flosses his teeth every day. Because <laughs> no, I nobody don't. does it every I'm not good at flossing, but I, I, I'm good at... Dude, that will... That's a, It's like getting your oil change in your car. Don't don't wait on those two things because <laughs> it'll cost you more money. Do, this, do those things. Yeah. Uh, but what we're talking about here is that blue collar work, even though it's not for us, that doesn't mean that this route doesn't make sense for millions of high school graduates. But here are a few questions, though, to ask yourself in order to help you make a smart decision when it comes to that pursuit of higher education or not. Not. And I think the first one is has a lot to do with lifestyle. You know, like I want you to ask yourself, what do you want your life to look like? Because for some, the idea of sitting behind a computer screen eight hours a day, like that's going to sound like like nightmare work for them, right? <laughs> uh, whereas like others might naturally have skills that would make them a very successful uh, software engineer or a programmer. And then still others might want to be like a biologist, which would require a completely different approach to thinking about higher education. There, there, there's not going to be a one size fits all approach. Uh, and your aptitude, your desires, they're going to be crucial to making a smart decision. And these are the kind of things that are important to start thinking through that will help to point you within the right direction. Yeah. I mean, man, I met somebody at the beach who uh, teaches, he's an entomologist at the University of Georgia. And for him, uh, college college wasn't dumb. That wasn't a bad choice because he's turned it into a career that he loves. He followed a passion and it takes a lot of higher education, a lot of time spent in the, at the university in order to get to the place that he got. So, so much of it does depend on 
your bent, like what you want to pursue in life. And then immediately after weighing some of those lifestyle considerations, you're going to want to dive into the numbers, right? How much is my education going to cost? And how much am I likely to earn? (laughs) Those are two really, really important questions before you proceed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you want to go into a profession that requires a college degree, well, how much will it cost to get that degree? And even if you're thinking a skilled trade is the best route for you, what will the cost of that trade school run you? And do you even need uh, to go to trade school, right? Or can you apprentice under someone? But then immediately after considering the cost, you should be figuring out what the likely earning potential will be for that job or career path that you're interested in. Uh, A part of the equation isn't just what folks in the industry are making now, but what the trajectory of that industry is going to be in the coming years as well. For instance, some occupations, the uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics is projecting to have the most growth in the next 10 years are wind turbine technicians, nurses and physical trainers so all of those totally make sense they do right (laughs) to me if you think about mental health professionals right that's another thing we've talked about how emily is going back to get her master's degree so she can become a licensed therapist and it's like great she's not going to want for job opportunities uh with that degree and so one of the things that we we talk about as a rule of thumb is we want people to uh, to be able to make in their first year out of college more than the amount of debt that they took on during their entirety mm-hmm. of college. And so uh, preferably <laughs> you're able to keep your debt load even lower than that. Uh, but the problem is if you take on $150,000 in student loan debt and your starting salary coming out of school is $42,000, like that, that's a losing proposition. That is when that college education is more of a burden than a help. And so uh, we, we at least use that rule of thumb, hopefully to help you make a better decision about whether or not college makes sense for you or or which college you, you actually end up going to. That's right. Yeah. And this is all assuming, though, that you have an idea that like like an assumption that you do want to pursue higher education. But if you don't, sort of like we were talking earlier, if you're not sure what you want to do, you might be better served by taking a gap year because, I mean, like most folks will, will opt to do that between high school and college. Um, I think that makes a ton of sense because for a lot of young adults, their brains are quite literally still developing. You have no idea what you want to do. What better way to spend that time than maybe just like you, like you said earlier, just like working within a field yeah. for a period of time where you're not taking on loads and loads of debt. You're often kind you're of tired earning, of school there too for a minute. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, you, maybe you don't want to learn uh, and you are able to instead earn some money. But if you're in a lucky enough position to have maybe some money set aside, man, the actual ability to do like what you envision when someone says a gap year where maybe you're able to travel for a little bit of time where you're able to go abroad and and not do like the touristy backpacking thing where you're dropping tons of money every single day, but like literally going, finding a city and finding a way to earn a living there for a little bit, like working for a small period of time, experiencing some different cultures, exposing yourself to just the vast variety of life that's out there before you commit yourself to this path that's going to end up leaving you in this massive hole of debt. I think that can be seen as like a self-indulgent move, right? To take time away from school at that period. But I think it it's horizon broadening. And maybe, oh, absolutely. especially if you're not sure what you want to do next, like encountering some different people, some different ways of living, different parts of the country, maybe different parts of the world and and spending, you know, you, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money uh, mm-hmm. in order to travel, Again, travel the country. Especially if if you are living somewhere, first of all, that's affordable, yeah. cheap, right? Like we're not talking about you moving to like Tokyo or New York <laughs> City or London, but like, I don't know, somewhere in Thailand where it's crazy affordable and you can make some money on the side. Or just take your station wagon and your sleeping bag <laughs> and a tent and like travel the country for a few months and just kind of Drive like, to Alaska and try to hike out to, into the wilderness and then <laughs> right. no one ever finds you. Yes. <laughs> don't pull the Christopher McCandless thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, don't do that. There, There is like so much to be said for getting away from school for a little bit of time and kind of getting some perspective about what you want out of life because we don't always know after what 12 years of education right from ages 6 to 18 um, sometimes we feel overloaded and we need our brain needs a little bit of a rest and we need some time to kind of figure things out before we just launch directly into four more years of school yeah and it's not necessarily that it's been 12 hard years of hard education right but in my mind it's the fact that you have gone from one grade to the next without having basically to make any decisions any choices and that is just a muscle that young folks haven't flexed yeah Uh, they're not ready to make life changing decisions like this and I think it can be helpful to make smaller ones that have uh, shorter expiration dates right rather than ones that last not only four years but student loan debt that might stick around for 20 or 30 years and it'd be one thing if it was life changing decisions but these life changing decisions are accompanied by 
life-changing sums of debt most of the time. That's, and that's, <laughs> that stick with you. Exactly. Just like we were talking about earlier with student loans being like tar. And so another question we want folks to ask themselves is if you could potentially DIY your higher education, uh, because if pursuing some sort of higher degree is it's still in the cards for you and Maybe you want to do it on a shoestring budget. Maybe you don't have any money on hand at all. Something we would suggest is sort of a like more of a DIY college path. Uh, and that's because there are more free resources now than ever before to educate yourself. Of course, you're not going to get a diploma that you can hang on the wall, but uh, you also don't have the debt burden that goes along with it peer-to-peer university that's worth checking out. Uh, It allows you to delve into topics that you want to study without an instructor, but you're still able to do it uh, within sort of like this learning circle with other folks. Uh, The amount of free information that you can get thanks to other uh, other resources like Project Gutenberg, uh, Google Scholar. It's incredibly impressive as well. Uh, Allison.com. That's another site that offers free online courses that can even allow you to actually earn some like a type of degree and some certificates. There are a lot of different options out there where if you are just thirsty for knowledge, there's a way to do that without you going going off to university, hanging out on campus, you know. Uh, throwing the frisbee on the quad, <laughs> like like all, which which are all these are all fun things. But if that's not your jam, if that's not something uh, that really interests you, there are still ways to learn and to acquire knowledge yeah. without the sort of debt or the lifestyle shift. Well, it makes me think, Matt, the, uh, that we have hired one person to help us with something recently on how to money, and it's kind of fun to to bring someone into the fold to help us out with some tasks. And I don't know, actually. If he has a college degree, no clue. We never asked. We <laughs> made the decision. I have zero clue. We made the decision yeah. based on that's so funny work that he's been putting out into the world for a number of years. And so I think that the, the, your college degree matters so little after a few years for a, for a, a slew of professions, including the work that we have hired. And he gets paid a decent rate per hour maybe that for helping means, us out. Maybe that just means we're just terrible interviewers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it means that like it's really not that important for for what he's doing for us. And I'm not saying that's not important for some things. Sure. If you want to be a doctor... You should have a degree. Right. Like, like you got to go to medical school if you're going to operate on my heart. Yes. Right. Like, it doesn't matter that oh, I've been doing this for a couple of years. <laughs> I've been putting out good work. Yeah. I got good reviews on Yelp. That works for some things. But yeah, not very high level professions or occupations yeah. like being a lawyer, being a doctor. There are a lot of degrees that you could. You mentioned some of them earlier that have a negative ROI and you need to avoid in all likelihood. A lot of people need to avoid those degrees in particular, but then some other ones where it's like, yeah, maybe they're giving you some hard skills, but even some of those skills can be, be developed um, on your own totally. for free just through kind of working at working at it. And, and and because the cost of college is often so opaque, that makes the decision, I think, really hard for people, right, to determine whether or not it makes sense. We'd obviously love to see more transparency when it comes to the cost of higher education so that we can make more informed decisions. There, there aren't many decisions that we have to make as consumers that are so kind of fraught with peril <laughs> that we can't, we can't look at a price and look at the product and e- easily determine whether or not it's a good deal or not. Yeah, literally, it's higher education and the healthcare industry. Yes. Is it any coincidence that they <laughs> that we've seen the highest price increases in within these industries, while simultaneously the transparency has just been non-existent? There? Yeah, exactly. Again, there, we would there are like no market forces at play, basically. And, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or they're few and far between. Yeah, check out again Ron Lieber's book because he kind of talks a lot about that and how yeah. it's not uh, the price isn't what you think it is. So you've we'll got to dig that. in and you've got to figure that stuff out mm-hmm. because there's no there's no sheet of paper or website online that's going to give you all the information you need. You've got to kind of come across an amalgamation of things to make a smart decision. And then you have to make a value judgment based on what you encounter for your specific situation. So again, like is college for dummies? Well, we would say that college is still a great path forward for a huge swath of young folks, but it's crucial to go about the pursuit of higher education the right way. And that involves knowing why you're going and what you're paying for. And yeah, realizing that there are still a ton of ways to lower the cost of going to college, sometimes making it completely free. And that is worth thinking about. That's worth exploring because that substantially lower price tag, it changes the dynamics of your decision. It it massively changes the value proposition. And as the value proposition has gotten worse and worse, as, as costs have skyrocketed, as people are graduating, just loaded down with debt and unable to make the income that they hoped or thought they would be able to make, you have to look out for yourself. You have to look out for your friends, your kids, to make sure they aren't making some sort of life-altering decision that's going to burden them with with debt for the rest of their life, Matt. It makes me, makes me think of like buying a new car. 
we pretty much always say buying a new car is a bad idea. And I've like kind of lusted after the Rivian trucks for uh, the, those beautiful electric trucks for a long time. Mm-hmm. And because they're $70,000 though. So there's no way I'm going to buy it. But if they were $15,000, I wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't talk bad about buying a new electric car because the, the value would make sense then, right? right? Yep. But for a lot of people... Yeah, we're not principally against the... There's not like there's theology against like buy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> buying a brand new vehicle. It's the costs. It's yeah. the fact that the depreciation hit that you take uh, leaves a lot to be desired when it comes to the fact that, oh, well, I can buy a used vehicle uh, and somebody else has already taken that de- depreciation. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to think about the value proposition in, in everything in life. And although it's harder to figure out when it comes to college, it's important to get to the bottom of it in your personal situation. And that's the other thing. There's no one size fits all response to this. But hopefully we gave you some food for thought for what it looks like for you or for your kids or for your friends to to pursue to pursue a higher education and do it in the right way where you're not saddled with debt that you can't pay off for a long period of time which just uh, you know those four years were fun but they probably weren't worth, worth the price tag in that case yeah exactly right man and and honestly like my biggest takeaway from this conversation is that like I'm I right now I'm thinking to myself man my kids are all gonna take gap years <laughs> because if they were anything like me and hopefully they you know, they're, they're a nice mix between me and Kate, right? Maybe two of them. I'm hoping they're more like her. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have more of a clear vision as to what they're wanting to do with their life. But maybe the other two are, are thinking, I don't know, <laughs> because I, I don't know if there's any word I said more often as a senior than I don't know, because <laughs> that kind of summed up where I was at that point in my life. And I think there's a lot that you can gain by kind of stepping out into the real world full time. And I think it can be difficult for us, especially as parents, to allow our kids to do that. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're 10 years you know, from having to make that decision with our oldest. But I hope that I do have a similar point of view as I do right now. And it's crazy, though. Those conversations are like we talked about, kind of starting now anyway. And so it, it, it's nice to have this information and be, so I can kind of help her be thoughtful along the way. Uh, it's not just some sort of senior year discussion. Those discussions yep. are starting earlier and earlier and younger. Exactly. That's right, man. Yeah. Okay. So our beer, let's get to our beer. You and I enjoyed food or beer. And let's say, just so folks know, fooder is spelled F-O-E-D-E-R. And they complimented it by spelling beer, B-I-E-R, <laughs> just to be fancy. But this is an oak-aged southern wild ale. I can think of no style that aligns more with my tastes than this beer. Uh, this is by Southern Brewing Company. What were your thoughts on this one? Okay. First off, a fooder, by the way, you spelled it, yes. But it is a giant oak vat, right, for aging beer so that the beer can get a nice oaky flavor mm-hmm. and so that it can age. And so this this beer is and th- tart and, th- and it's oaky. It's got kind mm-hmm. of those two main characteristics of a fooder beer going on. And the difference between uh, just a like a wine barrel or an oak barrel and a fooder is that fooders are like... Huge. Uh, they're like 10 times larger than a traditional Jack Daniels barrel that you might have seen. Might, on, maybe even like, like 30, 40 times. They're, they're, they're huge. I mean, they're yeah. like the size of a small room, basically. Yeah. And they're, But yeah, I completely agree, man. Uh, what was great about this one is that it wasn't overly aggressive. There are some breweries out there, which I love. I'm thinking of Cascade. I'm thinking of The Brewery. They also make sours that fit within the description of incredibly aggressive sour beers. And this one just is super chill. It's yeah. like laid back. It's it's like you're sitting on the a porch down in the south, like swatting at mosquitoes. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just got this super laid back chill vibe about it, which meant that by the time you got to the end of the glass, you weren't, you didn't have palate fatigue. Yeah. And sometimes that can happen with some of those really acidic, aggressive sours. But with this one, you got to the end of it and you were still wanting some more. Uh, I'm glad you and I were able to enjoy this one. And this is a brewery that they're in Athens, Georgia. So not too far away. We've totally got to check them out. Yeah. Like, I've never been. Yeah. But I've had a couple of their beers and they've been delicious. Every time they're so good. So next time we go, we're we're definitely going to have to swing by Creature Comforts. But Southern Brewing Company is definitely going to get a visit as well. For sure. Most deaf. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. If you want show notes for this episode, we have a lot of links, a lot of actual websites and and resources that we talked about. We'll Mm -hmm. we'll link to that stuff in in our show notes up on howtomoney.com. That's right. But that's going to be it for this episode, buddy. So until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.